0: Hi, and welcome to today's episode of What That Means, Security Policy. We have two expert PhDs today to discuss security policy, and each of them is going to be coming at it from a slightly different angle. Dr. Anahit Tarkhanian is a senior member of IEEE and is a security architect and principal engineer for the Internet of Things group at Intel. And Dr. Amit Elazari directs global cybersecurity policy at Intel. Welcome. Thank you. I have so many questions, and I feel uh, like a real novice in this space. I'm hoping we can take just a couple of minutes, and you guys
1: can define
0: what is security policy.
1: Thank you so much and it's such a pleasure to be here uh, with you. Uh, When you think about security policy and the concept of policy generally, it is the best practices, the regulations, the legislations, the guidelines, our joint consensus and understanding of what are the best practices that shape uh, this environment. Policy is not just proposed legislations and laws, Uh, it can also be defined by social practices, industry practices, technical reports, standards, right? It's a broad set of norms that are defining this landscape. It is with that kind of broad lens that we go into the IoT security conversation when it comes to policy, because we are seeing those general forces, market demands shaping the future of the requirements. So speaking really generally, I, I would say that is kind of a very overarching lens into what will we define policy.
0: Thanks, Amit. And, and Anahit, I'll just ask you to maybe add on to that a little bit and uh, also help the listeners get used to the difference in your voices. But Anahit, could you actually add on how does this definition expand if you're going to talk about security policy specifically for
2: iot it's a very good question right and thanks for, for having me here as well to build up what amit said all these policies right what does it mean at the end of the day for us on the technical side who are responsible for putting together the final product right so we have to comprehend all these regulatory requirements and big in to the product, right? And be able to follow the recommendation from the industry in terms of the best practices coming from that community-developed practices. Regarding the IoT specifically, it is very interesting to see the momentum around the IoT device because we believe that we are at the cutting edge of the technology innovation. And technology innovation is one of the motivation for the industry activities around the policy, right? So, we were faced with the well-known dichotomy that the problem of innovation is when it's quite common that business motivation of innovation prioritizes the cost, uh, the time to market over the security, right? And that would triggers policy activities. And this is very vivid in IoT space, the space where there's a very high concentration of innovation. It's the, mm, the devices itself, it's the Workload with AI, ML, with the connectivity, 5G, for example, well, all this basically innovation coming together and IoT basically acts as a canary in a coal mine, right? It's a risk indicator for the rest of the computing infrastructure.
0: So you guys are basically saying technology innovation comes first and then policy gets formulated around that in order to address some
2: of the Canaries' illnesses. Is that accurate? Yes. So, yeah, we can take an example of IoT and see what happened in the IoT space, how it evolved, right? And what's happening, what are the challenges? And then Amit can tell you more how it is really reflected in various policy activities around the world.
0: That's another question, and maybe, Amit, you can elaborate on that a little bit, because I don't even know if security is defined the same way around the world. I was just chatting with Claire Vyshek the other day on privacy and policy, and it turns out that privacy is viewed very differently depending on where you are in the world. So
1: is security constant? I think, generally speaking, when it comes to academically looking at the tech law and policy landscape we absorb uh, two common issues. First of all, technology is moving ahead very fast and it's great. It's bringing great solutions, much needed, that advance social causes and enrich our society. But generally speaking, the law often trails behind technology. The law uh, is slower to be amended. Policies are sometimes slower to be constructed. So as a general matter, innovation technology uh, often kind of trail ahead and the law is trying to keep pace. That is just the general phenomena. And specifically when it comes to security, I would say that similar to privacy, yes, we do have some joint understanding, a mindshare consensus. There are frameworks like risk-based approaches to policies like design neutrality, like uh, the need to leverage harmonized international standards that are common. And we would often see them in security policy, including in the area of IoT. There is also an understanding of security, which is cultural. And yes, there are areas of policy like national security and other domains, that we will see different approaches to security, and we will see differences in legislation. And that is one of the areas uh, where we are often talk about the importance of trying to leverage public-private partnership and harmonize standards to avoid fragmentation.
0: I'm not familiar with security policy. I'm just wondering, what are sort of the things that are in definition at this point? What's kind of at the cutting edge where it hasn't been locked down yet and people are trying to figure out how to deal with it?
1: Great question. Uh, well, I would say IoT is certainly one of the most evolving areas when it comes to proposed policies around the world, not just in the United States. It's gradually expanding to other areas of connected products. We have recently had the IoT Cybersecurity Security Movement Act that passed in the United States. We now have a federal... IoT security legislation that is focusing on driving security through federal procurement of IoT devices. This legislation is leveraging the efforts by NIST around developing a consensus for IoT security baselines. And actually, right now, we have, just as we speak, and our audience can go and look it up, we have out for draft, NIST 8259, 8259- B2D, a new set of documents specifically for uh, federal agencies and IoT device requirements for that sector. Pause for just a
0: second. Can you define NIST for us? It's a National Institute of Standards and Technology, I think, but what does it do? Who is it?
1: They're really uh, the U.S. body when it comes to the U.S. government that is um, kind of focusing on driving innovation and industrial competitiveness by looking at Measurable projects like measurable science standards and technology so most of the security work if our audience is familiar, maybe with the NIST framework for security, which is a very famous document, a lot of the the documents the technical reports. uh, consensus driven efforts, whether it's standards uh, reports and also guidance for actual uh, agencies, federal agencies are under FISMA. NIST is driving these efforts, but also uh, efforts around certification, whether it's relating to cryptography and other elements. NIST is also participating in this international standard uh, making efforts at uh, JTC1 at sc 27 So they have a uh, very broad expertise when it comes to security, and they are driving a lot of these efforts, uh, often in collaboration with other OMB or other agencies.
2: Yeah, maybe it's important to highlight why NIST is important, right? Not only because it is basically producing the guidelines for the federal guidelines for the U.S. jurisdiction, but NIST is internationally recognized organization that produced quite a a lot of well-structured documents highlighted in the policy, right? And this structure approach is very important because it's paving the road for the rest of the industry to take off, to translate to the standard. And that's what Amit was talking about. The groundwork that was done in IoT cybersecurity baseline definition under the umbrella of NIST, it took the next round in ISO-IC standard, okay? Now you can see why- That's the international. ISO IEC is the international standard. So we started with NIST, right? And it evolved to basically international standard. What actually was defined there in that baseline
0: cybersecurity standard?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the the NIST 8259, uh, the original document is 8259 and 8259A. They cover both uh, technical. IoT security baseline capabilities for all IoT devices. So this is horizontal across the market. And based on that, they developed among others, a federal profile, a profile that specifies the technical and non-technical security capabilities for IoT devices for federal agencies. And these are capabilities like security updates, device authentication and the like. So highly recommend for the IoT experts that are listening to us to check that document out. In addition to that, they've developed a broader document 8259 Again, horizontal, that talks about related manufacturer activities that are supporting these capabilities, but are beyond just the device. And these are issues like the risk assessments considering the supply chain and other considerations. What's important to recognize is the underlying trend we are seeing in security policy is a focus on measurability. Jurisdictions around the world are taking different approaches to that. We know that in the in the European arena, there is a focus on potential certification. We know that the Red Directive is going through uh, revisions and uh, that would have a relationship to IoT. We have seen proposed regulation in the UK focusing on um, uh, leveraging a technical standard in ETSI for measurability purposes. And now we have seen, uh, of course, uh, the the U.S. federal law, and this is just a snip of what we have ongoing around the world. I think one of the things to call out is uh, we often talk about the need to facilitate interoperability and leverage the standards. And uh, that is, in fact, one of the elements that you really see coming through the legislation. The legislation calls out explicitly alignment with standards and alignment with industry best practices, both around IoT and both around and vulnerability disclosure. And I'm talking about the US legislation.
0: Okay, so standards around disclosing vulnerabilities that you may have discovered is something that comes into play as security policy. When you talk about measurability, how is that related to security? Measuring
2: what? So first you have to define what is the subject, right? What it is that you want to address. There's quite a lot of work on defining what is that IoT device is, right? Number one, then you define what are the important components important the baseline requirements for that device when you establish that structure when you establish that baseline here you go you have a way to measure it now you can actually propose some measurable activities along each defined category so again if I take the example of NIST and look on what they work on right and by the way this The subject for the NIST, it was a relationship between the device manufacturer and the customer. So they are proposing the set of requirements that device manufacturer has to adhere. There are very specific six pillars identified by NIST, what IoT device has to support, Examples are device identification, configuration, data protection, logical access to interfaces, software updates. And uh, the last one is the cybersecurity state awareness. So now you have the framework on how to measure. This is clearly paving that road towards the measurable IoT security. And we already see that many players and ecosystem already picking up and executing on the definition that NIST basically introduced. So
0: I guess really what you're saying it's doing is it's telling companies not necessarily how to achieve the result, but that they've got to have a way to update, for example. Not exactly how you do that, but you must have a way to update. You must have a way to attest the person that's accessing a system is who they say they are, has a right to access. And then you turn it over to any company to figure out what is the right way to achieve that.
2: Right. So they're very pragmatic in terms of how do they recommend these activities, right? The one is capabilities that device is supposed to have. And then there is on top of it are uh, support functions, right? And that includes the SDL, vulnerability response, end of life and device retirement, You know, originally the NISTR was developed to to make sure
1: that we have as a report, right? Um, Not necessarily as a regulation, right? It is a report. It's it's kind of a, a guidance. And it was very important to establish that understanding of the consensus of what are the security capabilities for the IoT. And already by establishing that broad consensus, leveraging all the expertise of industry, again, a broad effort of input from the CSD, from the Council to secure the digital economy with almost 20 trade associations participating just to create that consensus because the IoT security market is so diverse. We have everything in, in terms of different attack vectors, different different use cases, right? We have the smart dark color on one side and then the sophisticated industrial machine on the other end. Because of the vertical nature and the complexity and the evolving nature of the IoT security landscape, we had to establish that common understanding. And that really is the first goal achieved, I would say, both with the NISTR, but not just that, the efforts around the world. Now that we have our shared understanding, we are seeing people around the world also developing more detailed standards we are seeing more bodies like UL, like CTA, with their effort, 8228, coming in with the attestation framework, right? And what you shared, Kamal, is very important when it comes to policy. This is the idea that you can get to the result in many ways. So specifically when it comes to regulations, that's where we see the leverage of the standards, where we can continue and define and amend the actual technical requirements. We wanna maintain that design neutrality. That is the concept that we speak about in policy, where the legislation, because it cannot evolve as fast with technology and we need to facilitate that interoperability, the legislation stays design neutral. The requirements, including the content, right? The substance and the way to attest stay at that level of the standards body. And we are seeing efforts around the world coming together to not just add more detail on the baseline, but develop that station framework to support manufacturers around the world.
0: There's lots of different ways to frame or break down something like Internet of Things. Like you say, the dog smart collar might have a different standard potentially for security than, say, autonomous driving vehicle or something like that. When we talk about integration with safety and actually what those devices or machines are connected to might matter. Um, if it's only connected to the dog's leash, then that's a possibly has a potential to do less harm than if you're talking about um, a traffic light or a car that's connecting to uh, traffic lights throughout the city. I guess one question is, if I'm a company and I'm designing a product, <laughs> I imagine some companies are pretty clear on what standards they're trying to adhere to. If you're specifically a U.S. government supplier, you probably already know the standards that you need to adhere to. But if you're just out there designing an innovative product and it's in the IoT space, how would I even know where to look to know what standard I should even be worrying about or where to get guidance or what's a rule versus a
1: recommendation? First of all, you should call your own lawyer. I uh, know this, this is a joke, no. but seriously, seriously, I mean, um, there are elements to your question. Some of them are compliance focused, some of them are legislation, some of them are coming from standards and you need to be diligent in this domain and uh, look at those different landscapes. Some of it is depending on your vertical, you mentioned the difference between the dark color and the industrial. One of the core elements we are seeing in a lot of proposed policies, but also standards, is this idea of the risk assessment and the risk assessment being central to which capabilities you're developing as part of your device, what are you implementing, to what extent. And this is a common approach, by the way, to security policy, and you see it in standards like 2702, which is one of the most prominent standards being adopted, in, not in the IoT, but in the general security control domain.
0: It's really been very interesting for me to get both of your perspectives on policy and technology as it relates to security with this emphasis in internet of things or IoT. It's a whole world, isn't it, out there. It feels like in collaboration is global and it's across industry and government and it spans Everything from we were giving a, a lighthearted or trying to give a lighthearted example, actually, a dog collar involves an actual living being. So, you know, maybe it's not even as lighthearted as they get right um, all the way over to uh, human safety and engineering and critical infrastructure. So really good insight. Um, appreciate it on a heat and a meat. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Just to mention, we have also interviewed uh, Claire Vishick, who is a fellow at Intel on privacy policy. I think it might be interesting to hear both of these together. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cybersecurity Inside. Follow at Tom M. Garrison and Camille at Morehart on Twitter to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Intel Corporation.